your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your favorite podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, and this football season we know will be different, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for the game. No matter how you watch it this season, Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, like you and I, are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Speaking of watching, you know what I haven't talked about in a while, Cody? Listeners out there at home, in the car, wherever you are, I haven't talked about what shows I'm watching. Oh, gosh. I know you, I, I know you hate it, but it's I mean, Friday. It's I figure we can kind of loosen up. What time do you have to be looking at shows? I, I, I make time. Oh, I make me some time. Actually, I, I, watch, I watch a lot of my shows and TV and movies at work. If I have like one of those laid back days and nobody's really around, I, I get a lot of movie watching and TV watching done at work. It's Friday. Kind of loosen up a little bit. Heading into Sunday's matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, 0-2 here in Houston, taking on the 2-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. And for the Steelers, it's kind of like a, you know, if we want to revert it back to movies, it's kind of like a romantic not a rom-com, but a, like one of those, it's, it's set for a hopeless romantic, right? Last year, Big Bang goes out, your life becomes miserable, you have to start watching, you're stuck watching Duck Hodges, uh, Mason Rudolph, your offense is terrible, Juju Smith-Schuster looks like a, a somebody that is a pedestrian. And now with Big Ben back, you know, Offense and defense is rocking. Everybody looks good. You're back in love with your team. Vice versa, when we look at what's going on here in Houston, this could possibly end up being one of those romantic dark comedies where you see your ex overseas or, in this case, on the West Coast, Arizona, flourishing. You you see – Dwayne Brown in Seattle, flourishing. You've seen all of your exes and everybody that you once had some ties to flourishing, and you're just not flourishing. And so I, I guess for today's episode, it's Friday, like I mentioned, a couple of days ahead of Sunday's matchup. We're going to talk about a couple of things heard from some of the coaches, players today, look at some of those comments and, and discuss how we feel about them. But overall, Cody, Houston does not want to start 0-3, right? But more importantly, we don't need to continue to hear, well, if you didn't trade or if you didn't make this move, because everybody, all of our exes are flourishing right now, and we're stuck eating ice cream on the couch on a Friday night. Well, it has been pretty sad when you put it like that. I mean, you do look around the league and see all of the players that we let go over the past couple of years. They all thriving in the position where they are in. Of course, the biggest breakup that we probably would never get over is the breakup with DeAndre Hopkins. But there is a guy who is still here in Houston that has been rocking with us since, what, I don't know, 2011, 2012, and that guy is J.J. Watt. Now, we all know Watt is getting up there in age, and John has really been on the fence about what do you do with Watt at this stage in his career. We know he is still talented, but at the same time, 
we would like to see the Texans do something to make sure that he stays healthy throughout the season because a healthier J.J. Watt means a better defense. So, John, I'm wanting to bring this up because a couple weeks ago, probably like a month or so ago, you and I, we were sitting here talking about J.J. Watt, and you say you wanted to see him be moved around on the defensive line. And Anthony Weaver, I really like that guy, by the way. Anthony Weaver has made that change that you wanted to see. He he has explored moving J.J. Watt on the line. As we all know, he has been basically one of, if not the best defensive end. And over the first two weeks of the regular season, Weaver has experienced placing him in all different types of areas on that defensive line, more so bringing him on the inside a little bit. And Weaver spoke about that on yesterday during his media availability. And he said, He's just trying to find different ways to make sure that we get the best out of J.J. Watt at his age. And another thing I want to give the Texans and Anthony Weaver credit for, remember I said I wanted to see the Texans actually load manage J.J. Watt a little bit more. They have actually been doing that. In the game against the Baltimore Ravens last week, I believe he only played in 60 to 70, 70% of the snaps. And I hope he stays around that snap count for the rest of the season because, once again, a healthier J.J. Watt means a better defense. Oh, and by the way, this is a guy who is about to become the 36th player in NFL history to record over 100 sacks. Hopefully, he could get it this week. If not, I'm pretty sure more than likely he's going to get it next week against the Minnesota Vikings as of right now he is at 98 so you never know John it looks like Anthony Weaver I don't know if he listened to our show I don't know if he listened to you but so far it's been working because the first two games especially last week we have seen a rejuvenated J.J. Watt hey really quick before I talk about what Anthony Weaver is doing J.J. Watt could be the fourth player to reach 100 sacks in 115 games or less. So if he gets two sacks Sunday, to put him at that 100 milestone, he will be in a very special club of four players to get 100 sacks in 115 games or less. And think about this. He only played eight games last year. And think about the seasons that he has missed. J.J. Watt is a generational talent, man. I mean, he is the best defensive player in the last decade, no doubt about it. Since he was drafted, uh, drafted here to Houston, when the boos were raining down from day one, he came in and shut everybody the hell up. Mm. And uh, he's a Hall of Famer, surefire Hall of Famer, and I want him to retire a Texan. But yes, Cody, to your point, J.J. Watt only played 68% of the defensive snaps this past Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens after playing 100% of the defensive snaps on that Thursday night football game. So what they are doing with J.J. Watt is very smart. I look at it like load management with LeBron in the last four to five years. Is LeBron the Miami Heat, Bron, where he can play majority of the season, or the young Cleveland Cavalier, Bron? No, he's not. But you are the limiting him early with minutes and those restrictions. You know, Cody, you're a basketball guy. You're a Rockets insider uh, here in town. And so you know – that even with Russell Westbrook, right, even if they are healthy to play, there are some games, especially early on in the season, that if they're just not needed, they won't play. And that's ultimately due to the fact that you want to keep this man healthy uh, when, it, when the game really matters. And I look at Baltimore and I look at Kansas City, 
He played 100% of those snaps. You want to get everybody the opportunity to get loose after not having an offseason. I understand that. But limiting him and restricting him in Baltimore was the right thing to do. And I give kudos to Anthony Weaver um, for, for, for going through with that. But ultimately, if we're going to talk about what Anthony Weaver is doing with the experiment of giving more and more time to J.J. Watt on the interior defensive line, that's the right thing to do. Doing it so early, it does a couple things, right? It allows him to win on some matchups. Now, he had a very good outing Sunday going up against the Baltimore Ravens. And those two sacks he got from the outside, right, from the more of the five technique going on. Uh, But what it it also does is we know the greatness of J.J. Watt. That's not in question. It also allows you to play with some packages to see who can you put out there along with J.J. to really give your defense the best opportunity to win, right? And so if we see J.J. Watt out there in the interior along with Ross Blacklock and Jacob Martin, we need to listen. Okay, that's that's one package we can look at. And then we can also say with J.J. Watt back on the outside with Ross Blacklock on the inside and Let's throw in some of those other guys like Scarlin and, and still with Jacob Martin. And we're going to look at uh, Whitney Merciless as well. So, and you want to throw in Brandon Dunn, who had a very uh, makeup outing against the Baltimore Ravens compared to what he did in the Kansas City Chief game. So I think for Anthony Weaver, it's a very good opportunity to see what package gives your team, your defense, the best opportunity to win one-on-one matchups, the best opportunity to get after the quarterback, the best opportunity to get the hell off the field because you're making stops. And speaking of making stops and getting off the field, Anthony Weaver also talked about the importance of getting this defense to the point where they are able to create turnovers. This is the second week in a row that we have heard Anthony Weaver and Justin Reeve, because he spoke on yesterday too, we've heard the Texans organization talk about the importance of creating turnovers. And hopefully against the Steelers, I don't know if they're going to meet that, that goal on Sunday, but if they do, this will take this Texans defense very, very far. Now, of course, we're going to continue talking about the Texans defense because going up against the Steelers, they can attack this team in a variety of ways. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But, John, once again, for the second week in a row, Anthony Weaver, Justin Reed, these guys have talked about the importance of creating turnovers and getting off the field. And, you know, I think it's very important that they are putting an emphasis on that. And the best week to create turnovers would be this week, right? Big Ben has thrown for five touchdowns one interception. And the, the good thing about, for the Steelers, of course, but the good thing about who they have on their roster is, I'm going to give you guys the, the numbers from week one to week two. In week one, where the Pittsburgh Steelers won 26 to 16 over the New York Giants, uh, Juju had six catches for 69 yards. Johnson had six catches for 57 yards. Claypool had Claypool had two catches for 39 yards. And then we're going to fast forward to the 26-21 victory over the Denver Broncos, where Johnson had eight catches for 92 yards. Claypool had three catches for 88 yards. Juju had seven catches for 48 yards. And so I'm looking at these guys can hurt you. It's kind of what Houston wants to do. One week, somebody can step up and have a big game. The next week, it'll be somebody else. And what that does for offenses, that makes them completely dangerous because you don't, have, you don't know who to focus on. And for Houston, if the turnover 
conversation is what you're putting an emphasis on. That tells me that you know you cannot allow too many guys to beat you. You're already handcuffed and your back is against the wall, Cody, because you're still trying to figure things out. And it'll only help you if you can take the ball away from the other team. And so for Houston, who has not created a turnover in the first two weeks of the season, uh, that's been a concern. Uh, however, I think they, they're continuously learning what works best for them. And once you get that down and once that becomes more concrete, then you can go out there and create those turnovers because you're going to trust yourself and the guys around you. All of that being said, and Thursday night football around the corner this season, like I told you guys earlier, get your football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. So none of that other flack that you don't care for. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all of the action, all of the football you can handle in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You can also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from players' perspective as they break down game concepts and techniques. Learn from your Houston Texans star Deshaun Watson, or you can learn from Stephen Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archives. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. The Texans' ability to stop the run will play another factor in a potential win on Sunday. And I, I really feel bad for the Texans' run defense, especially the front seven, because when you go back and look at that game against the Baltimore Ravens, when you take a look at that final, when you take a look at the score box, and you see that they gave up 230 rushing yards. You might think to yourself, oh, man, that, that's terrible. Why, where is their running defense? But that final number do not summarize the good defense that the Texans actually played. Before that fourth quarter where they gave up over 120-some rushing yards in total, prior to the fourth quarter, they held the Baltimore Ravens to 98 yards. And their ability to stop the run through the first three quarters was the silver lining, possibly the only silver lining in the Texans falling short against the Ravens. And for, for you guys to understand how much the Texans run defense, how good it was against the Ravens, by halftime, they held them to 44 rushing yards. In comparison to last year, they had already gave up 101 at the half. So I, I, I do feel confident. You take away that fourth quarter, the way they collapse, I feel confident in the Texans' run defense. And I'm looking at their run defense again because when you talk about the Steelers, we all know that they are basically developing a wide receiver group that's about to be a three-headed monster. You got Juju Smith, you got Claypool, and you got Johnston. Those three guys have already recorded over 100 receiving yards with Johnson leading the way. Let me tell you something, guys. The running back that they have right now, James Conner, he can carry this team to a victory. And I'm pretty sure, given the struggles the Texans have at stopping the run, not just this year, but last year as well, I'm pretty sure that is going to play a big factor in the Steelers' offensive attack on Sunday. And when you, when you look at Conner, me personally, 
I feel he is one of the most underrated running backs, if not one of the most underrated players in this league, because he's similar to Will Fuller. When he's on the field, he is very productive, but that's the problem. He is never on the field. He's been in the league for, I think, the past four to five years, and the only time he has played a full season was in 2018, and he was all pro that year. Last Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens, this guy recorded 106 yards, a touchdown off of 16 carries. He averaged 6.6 yards per attempt. So, of course, the Texans got to make sure in the midst of keeping their eyes on that wide receiver group with the three-headed monsters that I just finished talking about, they need to make sure that they take care of Connor. Another stat I want to throw out, James Connor, since his all-pro season in 2018, this man has had seven games where he recorded over 100 rushing yards. Six out of those seven, the Steelers actually end up winning. And the only one that they did not win ended in a draw against the Cleveland Browns in 2018. We know what Smith can do. We know what Johnson can do. We, we, we're learning what Claypool can do. But you cannot forget about Connor. And I actually feel confident in the Texans' run defense. The fact that you held the Baltimore Ravens, arguably the best running team in this league. Lamar Jackson ended the game with only 54. That says a lot. And we just finished talking about Anthony Weaver and how the way he is using J.J. Watt. And we also got to talk about P.J. Hall. P.J. Hall had an opportunity to get more snaps in week two. I'm pretty sure we're going to see even more P.J. Hall in week three. One thing about the Pittsburgh Steelers, what I've seen from them throughout the first two weeks, and I can only go off of what I've seen, is that we don't know which running back is going to be, you know, that back for a game. Week one, Snell rushes for over 100 yards. Last week, James Conner rushes for over 100 yards, and they are both effective on the ground. And right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are rushing for over uh, 4.8 yards a pop on the ground. That is phenomenal. And, and you mentioned Connor. One thing Connor does really well is be a dual threat. He can run the ball effectively when he is healthy and on the field. He, can also, uh, he also does a great job of catching out of the backfield. What's hard to kind of game plan for them right now, how I look at it, is which running back uh, and which running style do you really have to worry about. Now, ultimately, I, I think – if we look at the fact that we, we are having J.J. Watt play inside more interior, and so I am very happy about the idea of Watt and Hall getting some of those packages on the inside. Maybe Hall can get a, a more uh, zero to shade off technique, and maybe J.J. Watt can get some of that three technique, and we'll see what they do in the end. But I think those are winnable matchups for Houston. But ultimately, the run game, is what has helped Pittsburgh and any other team in the NFL. If you have a dominant run, your quarterback is going to have an easy day. But I want to kind of shift focus to taking on Ben Roethlisberger compared to opening up against uh, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And Anthony Weaver was asked, how do you prepare differently for Ben compared to the other two quarterbacks? And what he said was, they're obviously all three of them incredible quarterbacks. They're just a different style of play. Being unlike the other two, you don't have to worry about him moving as much. Now, he still will and got to have his situations, but for the most part, you know where he's going to be. So up front, those guys love that, right? That's very true. You get to pin your ears back. You can try to win. You don't have to worry about quarterback extensions and guys leaving the pocket gaining 15 rushing yards. 
but he's obviously seen every coverage imaginable. So you have to do a great job pre-snap of trying to fool a guy that's essentially has seen it all. And then we've got to make sure that we try to get heat there because we know where he's going to. The challenge is obviously a big one, but we're ready for it. And I hope they are. So when we look at Houston and how they're going to attack the running back, I think Big Ben is a more question because in the first two weeks, how many missed tackles have they, you know, recorded overall? A lot. And what I've seen out of last night, uh, Thursday night football game is, Houston is not the only team dealing with missed tackles. It's just the way of not having a real preseason. But they're dealing with missed tackles. And how many times have we seen Big Ben stand tall in the pocket and teams not be able to bring him down because he's just so big and physical? And with that, Big Ben has made a career off making guys miss and making big plays. And so the focus for me is bringing him down. And I also want to see Houston get a lot more creative with bringing some blitzes in because we know on the on the on the flip side, Pittsburgh is going to send some blitzes. So let's let's kind of play their game a little bit a little bit and, and bring the house a few times. But when we look at Big Ben, James Conner, Snell, Juju Smith, they have so many different weapons to kill a team. And and I think when you have Big Ben back and a guy that like we've said has seen everything you could possibly throw out at him, you just have to go into that game just knowing we have to make plays every opportunity we get. To your credit, you're talking about a quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, especially in our generation, has seen every single coverage. And it makes me concerned because I don't really know what coverage the Texans can put out to hold their own against Ben Roethlisberger and that receiving core because you know our secondary is really not that up to par outside of Vernon Hargrave. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Houston Texans do. But going back to their run defense, I know you mentioned Benny Snells and James Conner. A lot of times you really don't know which tailback you're going to get, but I'm 100% sure it's going to be Conner. Benny Snell had the opportunity to start during week one. He had a really good game, but the first half of week two, he did not get off to the best start. He got tackled for a loss, fumbled the ball, and that's when they put Connor in. Of course, Connor is still trying to build his status back from an injury plague season. So, But with Ben Roethlisberger on the schedule for the third week in a row, the Texans have a tough task trying to slow down another Hall of Fame tier quarterback. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the game you bet. Your winning season begins today, only at my bookie. On the crossover show for this week, we had an opportunity to talk to my man Chris over at the Pittsburgh Steelers, Locked On Steelers, and we discussed Houston, we discussed Pittsburgh, and then we had, of course, our prediction, but I chose 27-17. Pittsburgh. And, and how did I get to that point? Well, I think Houston is still in a place where they, they just they just don't know how they're going to approach uh, teams like Pittsburgh. They've opened up against MVP, MVP, and then Big Ben. And I don't know how they're going to approach them. And I think Big Ben is just at a very good spot right now. He looks healthy. 
uh, healthier than what I've seen him look in the previous couple of years. And this offense is just centered around getting the ball to their explosive playmakers. And I think Houston's going to have a problem with that. They had a problem with it in game one. They had a problem with it in game two. And this isn't the game that I believe that they're kind of catch their mojo. I could be wrong. I don't think I am. Um, and I also think on the flip side, Houston is going to have a very, very difficult time trying to block T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree and Casey Hayward. They're going to have a very difficult time with Devin Bush. They're going to have a very difficult time with communication along that offensive front to call out who's coming, who's not. And to look at those fronts defensively, uh, if I'm an offensive lineman for Houston, they're going to have a difficult time looking at those fronts because they're still young in the sense, and they just have not had the opportunity and time to learn and grow with one another. So ultimately, when I look at this Pittsburgh City team, they're they're more skilled, they're more talented, they're better coached, and they have the better players overall. And I look at this game and I worry, who do I worry about the most? Is it Schuster? Is it Connor? And I worry about Claypool the most. He's a big receiver who can get downfield. We've seen it so far in his young career. I think as a receiver, he is a receiver that is going to give Houston problem, uh, problems. And that's where I get the 27-17 score from. This is a tough one. Like I said on the crossover show on yesterday, I'm literally at this point praying for a win because I do not want to see this team go down 0-3 to start out the season. Um, with that being said, I'm still going to go with the Houston Texans 20-17, to 17, but it all is going to come down to which version of the Pittsburgh Steelers that we're going to get. I mean, yes, we talked about Ben Roethlisberger, but you have to remember he is still knocking off some rust, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he got a QBR right now of like 58 to 60, somewhere along those lines, but he's still knocking off rust. The Pittsburgh Steelers secondary, it's good, but it's not consistent. Chris Locked On Steelers told us on yesterday that one of the main reasons why they're not consistent because they either play down or play up to their competition. In a game like this, they will be playing down because we know right now the Houston Texans offense does not look well. Speaking of the offense, I believe the Texans, they need to be smart on how they play the Pittsburgh Steelers blitz. Blitz defense. As of right now, the Steelers have blitzed over 60% of their defensive plays. And... The best way for the Texans to attack that blitz defense is to make sure that they get the ball out quick. And hopefully Jordan Aikens and Derrick Fells can pick up those defensive blitzes that the Steelers are going to put their way. And I do believe that this game is going to go a long way on what type of offense the Houston Texans are going to have moving forward. Because if Deshaun Watson and his received Steven core build some kind of chemistry in this game, whether win or lose, hopefully it's a win. That's going to take them a long way versus if they go out there and lay another egg, you you once again have none of your receivers pick up over 100 receiving yards. Will Fuller is nowhere to be found. I kind of feel like that's just going to weigh on this team. So more than anything, I think this game is going to play more to the psyche of the Texans moving forward. But it all depends on what version of the Steelers secondary is going to show up and can the Texans contain the Steelers bliss defense so with all that being said hopefully they find some kind of way to come across with a road victory which would be super helpful for this team moving forward but as always that concludes another installment of locked on Texans as always I'm your host Cody Davis please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24 once again that's Cody C-O-T-Y D-A-V-I-S underscore 24 John 
John Some Sports Guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at Some Sports Guy and don't forget to follow us at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Until next Monday, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully John and myself will be talking about a Texans victory and not another Texans loss. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.